Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Well, first, I would say the quarterback's playing really well. He's, he's poised. He's smart. He makes quick, sound, clean decisions. You know, he's, he's, he's as, as a passer, he's grown, right? And he's throwing the ball to, you know, really good players. Their line is very good. It's probably the best we've played in a long time, you know, as far as the five guys across the board. The center is amazing as far as picking up pressures and different exotic looks. That's where it starts. Obviously, the offense has been built and designed for him. He's doing a great job of of execution. Vance Joseph, defensive coordinator of the Arizona Cardinals, taking a look at the opposition, the Philadelphia Eagles. It all starts with Jalen Hurts in that offense, but uh, you heard uh, Vance say it. Offensive line-wise, very strong. Got good receivers, good tight ends to throw to. It's a very good football team that's coming in here. We'll get back to the Cardinals in a second. I just wanted to bring this up real yeah. quick. Um, because uh, TMZ, man. Yes. <laughs> they do work. Uh, the whole Draymond Green, Jordan Poole incident that happened earlier this week that we read the reports of, hey, the Warriors are considering some sort of penalty against Draymond Green for punching Jordan Poole in mm-hmm. practice. The Warriors, you know, terminology they're using, oh, any punishment will be handled internally. Mm-hmm. Well, TMZ got the practice video, and they published it this morning. Do you think the uh, existence of that video changes? The, the video is shocking in, in just how violent of a punch Draymond Green threw. Jordan and, Poole got decked. And if you are – and Draymond Green's reach with a right cross, my goodness. Yeah. Quick to pull. goes Poole. Yeah, don't get in the ring with that Although, dude. Poole pushed him first. Yeah. He, he did, did initiate he yeah, yeah, listen. Right. It's And so uh, you wonder if the Warriors are going to be forced to do something. This is not – this this does happen quite frequently in the NBA. It happens in a lot of sports. It happens in a lot of NFL practices, and you never hear about it. It just never. It rarely does it look that violent. And so again, I'm not going to sit here and, and 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 act like, oh, can you believe that happened? St- Steve Kerr got clocked in the eye by Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Cam Cam, J- Cam Johnson, yeah, mysteriously. Got jacked up in practice one day. Mm-hmm. We all remember that, right? We do. Okay. Well. So this stuff does happen, but this is really a violent throw. Now, there was a report that Jordan Poole has become a little too full of himself. Yeah, because he's on the verge of the contract yeah. extension that Draymond Green himself came out and said, I know I'm not getting one. Yep. Oh, I say well, suspend Steph them Curry, both for Steph the whole Curry, year. Yes, yeah, there you go. Steph Curry said that that report was BS, but clearly there's something going on. Now, some people might look at that and go, "That's really good leadership." Not at that level of violence. I mean, that was that's that's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty I'm, wicked. And and if you you know what's going to happen in the Warriors, they're gonna they're gonna go and check every internal camera they have at their practice facility and see who is shooting from that level. So they can figure out who sold that video to TMZ. I guarantee you that's what they care about. I just wish there was audio attached to it. There was no audio attached Ooh. to it because there was an exchange where they were separated and you can see some talking going back and forth. And then Draymond makes his way over to Jordan Poole where yeah. Poole pushes him and uh-huh. then lights out. Yeah. You know what this is going to mean, too, moving forward? What's that? 74 wins for the Warriors. <laughs> Another NBA championship. Jordan I don't Poole, know about that. Jordan Poole's going to average 35 points a game. I don't know if they're better than the Clippers. <laughs> We're going to find out. 
<laughs> yeah, so that just came out this morning, so I wanted yeah, to get into that. No, it's, well, it, it, it's very newsy. It's, it's something that it's, a lot of people are reacting the same way. How does TMZ get all that information? Yeah. TMZ stands for, holy bleep, how'd they get that video? <laughs> Those are the, they're terrible at abbreviating this. Yeah, right? <laughs> to be hate, right, HB, right, yeah, right. Do, do you know what TMZ actually stands for? I, well, I heard it once. Um, 30 Mile Zone. That's it. Yeah. That's what it was. What's that in reference to? Um, just proximity that everything happens within a 30 mile zone, they'll have it. Uh, that's the way I understood it. Is that, is that that's accurate? That's the way I understood yeah. it, too. Yeah. Huh. Um, and I, I always get the uh, get a kick out of we're going to keep the punishment internal. The last time we heard that was the L.A. Rams saying they're going to keep Aaron still alive. <laughs> Do, I mean, is he? I think so. I hope so. Has anyone confirmed? I didn't Has check the injury confirmed? report. Does TMZ right? know? Jordan Pool of blood, right? Oh, <laughs> but when Jordan Deadpool, Deadpool. Yeah. Remember when the Rams said they're going to keep the punishment internal for Aaron Donald after the helmet swinging incident in training camp? What was that punishment? It was kept internal, but I'm pretty sure nothing happened. Yeah. So we'll see if the Warriors can follow suit. Uh, back to the Cardinals okay. and the uh, defense going into this game against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, Jalen Hurts has elevated himself. And yeah, it, should we do this? No. Do we do it because it's kind of fun? Yes. A week-to-week synopsis on who the MVP candidates are in the National Football League. Jalen Hurts is top three right now. He should be. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's listen, been fantastic. I think it's it's him, it's Patrick Mahomes, and what, Lamar Jackson? I don't even know if Jackson's Josh still Allen? in there. Josh yeah. Allen, probably. Probably Josh Allen. If Tua was, didn't Co- get hurt, Cooper Rush? he was there. Cooper Rush. <laughs> Cooper Rush. <laughs> it's only one. Cooper Rush, one of two undefeated quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts, 82 of 123, 66.7%. Uh, completions for over 1,100 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, but then you add in the damage he does on the ground. 53 carries in four games, 205 yards. Not a great average, but he's also not utilized the same way in the running game that a lot of quarterbacks are, where it's a lot of scrambles. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of design runs, a lot of RPOs for uh, Jalen Hurts, where he's running between the tackles. You don't see that with a lot of quarterbacks. So that's another thing that the Cardinals have to get ready for. Here's uh, Zayvon Collins, linebacker of the Cardinals, yesterday talking about Jalen Hurts and what he's seen on tape. He's a big body, of course, and he's a you know, physical runner. Um, he'll tuck the ball and run it and go get you know 10 to 12. So you know, kind of containing him in that aspect is is something that uh, you know I think every team has, has tried to do so far. Um, I think he's a really good, tough runner and you know makes good decisions when he has to. Zayvon Kevin Collins also said going against Kyler in practice actually helps to get ready for somebody like Jalen Hurts. Obviously, you know, you guys have seen Kyler Paycheck. We don't get to get within, you know, a couple feet of him. So it's like it's a whole different thing. You know, when you're out there on the field, you try and just go as hard as you can at the other person. But, uh, you know, Kyler is uh, he's definitely one of a kind, and it's hard to get even close to him whenever he gets in the scramble mode. So he definitely helps us out whenever he does that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, um, yeah but how much, how much scrambling? Do you think Kyler Murray does in practice when yeah. they can't hit him? As, as, and you heard him say it. We can't get to that. Sounds a like a bunch of him. nonsense sound to me. That's like TMZ. There's a 30 mile yeah, zone around right, Kyler Murray that you can't, can't get, get within. I, at, yeah, at I don't think Kyler Murray's taking off and running in practice. I highly doubt that. <laughs> I reject the very premise of that question. <laughs> Nothing about practicing anywhere in Arizona it was, it, uh, helps you get ready for a, a football player. Nothing. <laughs> Practice barely exists. It anymore. barely exists. <laughs> um, 
Oh, I, I didn't even realize what time it was. I guess we talked. Oh man, we yeah, talked, we'll, <laughs> talked about Draymond Green. Well, yeah. well uh, listen, we're, we'll we're circle back. We're topical, right? Yeah, yeah. The football game's not going anywhere, and apparently Jordan Poole isn't either. We're like, get an, up, Jordan. We're like an ointment over here. We're so topical. Oh. You're very much like an ointment. <laughs> see, see what I did there? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Uh, coming up next, Tom Brady of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's got a lot of bleep going on, but uh, he also says there's a lot of bleep going on in the NFL right now. We'll get into that and more next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Arizona Sports. It's football. Friday. Football. Friday. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. Tom, in all your years, there's even more pirating now. There's a lot of teams that are two and two. I think there's a lot of bad football from what I watch. (laughs) I watch a lot of bad football, a lot of... Yeah, poor quality of football. That's what I see. It's Tom Brady yesterday, and that was before the Thursday night football game between the Broncos and the Colts. But the uh, question, if you couldn't hear it, was, hey, there's a lot of two and two teams. Going into week five, 15 of the 32 NFL franchises were two and two. Um, And some people might just conveniently label that as parody. So that was kind of the basis of the question. Guess what? Tom Brady's 100% correct. But the football has not been good this year. Yeah, I I think that yeah, I think that uh, I agree with that. I think there's a lot of two and two f- football teams that are not very good and 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 the, what there's a lack of, there's a lack of really good teams par- particularly in the NFC. You take a look at the AFC West, which was supposed to be the greatest division we've ever seen, and two of the four teams are frauds. And the Raiders and the Broncos, mm-hmm. and so so, and and the Colts and the, were supposed to be good, and they're not. And and the Chargers are not nearly as good as people thought. Yeah, the Chargers well, are two and two as well. They're hanging out with a quarterback who who may or may not who That's should or should not be playing. Ribs floating around. In yeah, the, right. With loose particles and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I I do think there's that. I think there's a dearth of of greatness at the top, and there's just a lot of mediocrity. That is, you know, it's it's. Look, I look at the Denver Broncos. They've been far worse than a two and three team. They're in really good shape for being as bad as they've been. I feel the same way about the Cardinals. Do you, at two do, and two. You yeah. mentioned earlier. Do you think this is because of the way that the teams have completely changed the way they do off season workouts, off season yeah, training I camp, yes. preseason games? Mm-hmm. That they're just not ready when the season starts. I think that's an element. Yeah, I, I think, think it's an element too. And I think there's a lot of new quarterbacks in new places. There's there's that kind of stuff, and I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons for this. I was thinking about it too, and watching the Suns' first two preseason games, like the NBA preseason. People, are, ah, it's only preseason, but at least you got the guys that are out there that are going to play. Except for Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. uh, you know they they're going through the motions at least to try to get ready. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the Suns look pretty bad right now. Yeah, but when the regular season rolls around, at least you'll have confidence that the guys that you're, the Suns are going to rely on to play have done something yeah. resembling their job. Right. The Cardinals didn't do that, and yeah. they're not alone. No, they're not. They're not. There were more teams than than ever before that completely passed or punted on the preseason, and I'm not sure if they're all changing their minds about that. I would be. I, th- I think next year we're going to see a return to full-blown training camps pretty much across the NFL. Players are not going to like it, but, but the level of football 
it's it's been less than spectacular. Put it that way. Yeah, I mean, and people point at Philadelphia who's coming to town on Sunday as the four and O team. Like I even again watched them closely last week. They're okay, yeah, but they, they had they played against a quarterback that couldn't hold on to the ball. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence had four fumbles and an interception, and they took advantage of that. Here's the two and two teams. Let me just go through the list. You stop me when you hear a team that's two and two going into this week that you think is any good. Okay, okay. Tampa Bay. Do I think they're any good? Yes, yeah. I think they're good. Okay, Jacksonville. I don't know. Cleveland. No. San Francisco. Yes. Probably good. Cincinnati. Don't know. Quarterback's good. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee. Yes. The Rams. Yes. I'm not convinced about them. Uh, the Cardinals. Not convinced. Baltimore. Not convinced. Atlanta. Definitely not convinced. The Jets. Definitely not convinced. Chargers. I think they're good. Uh, Seattle. Not convinced. The Bears. Not convinced. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, a lot and of the Colts now are 2-2-1. Two, two and one. Yeah. I think the Colts are uh, with Jonathan Taylor. I think the Colts can be good. I think they showed last night that they've got they've got some pieces and they've got you know, you know a, a maturity about them. I I agree with that, but Matt Ryan, God bless that guy. He's not going to be upright for three more weeks behind that offensive line. They can't block anybody. Yeah, he's been sacked like twenty times already this year. Now that's and, and and while we're on the subject of Thursday night football, we'll mm-hmm. get into this later on. That was the other bummer with all of it. The number of injuries every Thursday night that you go through. I mean, after the Tua situation last week, early in the game, now he minds <clears throat> same situation, gets same up, thing. he's wobbly, he's out. Garrett Bowles breaks his leg. There's an injury on every other play. It yeah. is. It's 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 so brutal. It is. And I again, and I th- nothing's going to change. But the fact of the matter is, there is just that's not a humane amount of recovery time for football players. It's just not. It's not. I, so if if it you, really is ridiculous it, when you think it's about insane. it, because it's not like they're playing on Saturday. Sometimes no, it's not like they're even playing on Friday. They moved it up several days. They can barely get out of bed on Monday. And now you're wanting to play football game on Thursday. There's some. I, I think there's some rule on the books that they can't invade Friday and Saturdays on a on a regular basis in the NFL. So okay. that, that's why it's Thursdays. Yeah, what it's, rule? I, it may be more of a with gentleman's high agreement and, with high school and college yeah, football. Yeah, I mean, there's no like overseeing thing that could enforce well, that. But but again, they, they don't. They're not think. They're thinking in terms of television audiences. Right. They don't want to be on Friday. Right. Night. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, every you know more people are yeah, at home. It's, Thursday, it's, that's why it's, Thursday night yeah. you know, for sitcoms and and primetime viewing was always the big night of a television. Right, when you put on and, your big shows, and a lot of people are saying, "Well, the, the, everybody seemed to be chained to the end of that game last night." Look, if it wasn't Russell Wilson in this ongoing storyline, I would have pieced out by halftime. Yeah, and on the heels of the Tua Tungavailoa situation with the concussion, he's out this week. Joe Burrow, Bengals quarterback, went on uh, the, the Colin Cowherd show. And he opened up and gave a lot of information about his personal history with concussions. And it's got people talking. Joe, have you ever had your bell rung? Do you think you've ever been concussed? <laughs> yeah, for sure. You have? Yeah, I think everybody has to plays this game. <laughs> Take me to the moment. What is it like? It's hard to say. Just you, get, you start to ring a little bit. Um, I have never had any like lasting effects from a concussion. Like I've... I've been hit and forgot the rest of the game before. That's happened a couple of times, but I've never had one where I have headaches for like a week and I, I have symptoms of concussion after the game. Um, like I said, I've had some where 
you know, I don't remember the second half or I don't remember the entire game or um, I know that I got a little dizzy at one point, but nothing, nothing last long lasting. Yeah, that's uh, pretty eye-opening stuff. And he also said this: "Hey, as unfortunate as it is, it comes with the territory." I mean, you can you can make all the rules you want to make the game as safe as you possibly can, but there's an inherent risk and danger with the game of football. You're gonna have you have 300 pound men running 20 miles an hour trying to take your head off while you're standing still trying to ignore it and find receivers that are open. And then sometimes you got to go run and try to get a first down. And you're running 20 miles an hour and somebody else is running 20. Two miles an hour, and you got to try to get the first down. That's part of the game, I think. Part of what we signed up for. You know, you're going to have head injuries. You're going to tear your ACL. You're going to break your arm. That's the game that we play. That's the life that we live, and we get paid handsomely for it. And so I'm, I think, going into every game and. You know, we, we know what we're getting ourselves into. I think he's speaking for a lot of players. He's not speaking for all players because in recent years we've had those guys that are 25, 26 years old that say, you know what, it's not worth it to me uh, to have this kind of lifestyle. I don't want to deal with the mm-hmm. injuries. And we were talking off the air or earlier this week, Bic, uh, and, and I, I believe this, that the only thing that could possibly kill the NFL in terms of popularity in this country yep. is if this push to make the games it, – it, it, it's this weird balancing act because we were just talking about Thursday night football is brutal. If they continue to push these rules to make the game safer, you can't hit the quarterback anymore. If it becomes a non-tackling league, which look, everything's on the table right now, that would kill the popularity of the NFL. Anything less, I think they're they're bulletproof. No, I agree with that. I I think uh, I I'm even more extreme in my view on it. it, and it's colored by the fact that after all the stuff about CTE came out, a lot of people were thinking, is this going to be the end of the NFL? Are we as the audience going to start examining uh, our bloodlust and and be appalled by what we're compelled to watch? And are we going to realize that this is is not healthy human behavior. Let's go watch chess. The exact opposite has happened. There's more people more obsessed with football than ever before. People used to say if a player dies on the field, the NFL would similarly collapse. I disagree. I think it would make it even more popular. I think the violence is the ticket. And the athleticism and all that stuff comes behind it. But, yeah, I'm with that. I think the the softer they make football, the more viewers they lose rather than the other way around. I agree with you. Yeah. It's a weird juxtaposition. Coming up next. It's why it's so popular. Yeah. Yeah, because it's unrelatable to so many people that yeah, watch it. It is. Coming up next, Sarah Cazell takes us through the big stories of the morning through the Rush Hour reboot. It's Pickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios on this Football Friday, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, everyone. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. We take you through the top stories of the day every single day at this time. I am Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey. Thanks, Murata. Hello. Welcome back, by the way. We missed you. Oh, good to be back. Is it? Yeah. And Jarrett Carlin. Repeated bouts of diarrhea. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Is that from, from earlier this studies? week? Yeah, or last week, maybe. Yeah. Speaking of a long fart noise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not ashamed of that moment, though. That was funny as hell. That was, All right. that was good. Thank you. 
All right, let's get into today's edition of the Rush Hour Reboot. The Cardinals, uh, like I just said in the update, they've got a big game on Sunday. The 4-0 Philadelphia Eagles coming to town, turning State Farm Stadium green, potentially, as Dan Bickley has referred to throughout the week. Uh, a lot of hype around this Eagles team, starting with the offseason, and so far they have lived up to it. Here is Cliff Kingsbury earlier this week, honing in on the Eagles' defense, which total defense is ranked third in the league. It's probably the most complete roster, I mean, at least in the top three that you see. Like you said, all three levels on defense are tremendous. Great athletes um, really don't have to bring a ton of pressure because they're so good up front. And then they play coverage behind with some of the, the best um, DBs in the league. And uh, schematically, there's a good job mixing up coverages, disguising things. And they play really hard. Like I said, I think that's the most impressive thing um, when you watch their team overall is just the effort that they play with. And that's a credit to their, their coaching staff. Okay, right now, third-ranked defense in the league, second-ranked offense in the league. What is going to be the toughest aspect of the Eagles game for the Cardinals to overcome? A lot of it. I've got a couple of my Philly guys, two of them, in fact, are who have asking me, does Vince really believe the Cardinals have a chance? Does he really believe the Eagles are beatable? Question mark. Oh, they're invincible now. Well, oh, I'm just are your, are your are your Philly guys saying seventeen and zero for the Eagles? Take it up with them. I just uh, look. I, I I prefaced everything I said. You said Listen, they could be beaten. Listening is a right. skill. Well, you said they could. I prefaced everything said they I said. Have lost to the Jaguars. They should have lost to the Jaguars. Okay. I was not overly impressed with their effort last week. Okay, so um, my take my take on this football game is the Cardinals are going to have to be they're going to have to be in a rare rare mood to hang with the Eagles. And they can get there. They've done that on the road. They're going to have to get into a really physical, violent, kind of hell no mood. Yes. Like you with your joke. <laughs> I don't care because that was funny. They're gonna yes. have... Do you trust that the Cardinals can reach that level though? No. I, I, that's we haven't seen I was going to clarify what I said too. I said the Eagles are beatable. I didn't say by the Cardinals. <laughs> Those words never came out of my mouth. Let's Again, you can project, but listening is a skill. Uh, I think uh, I think that um, I think there's a chance. I I don't like their chances. I think that the Eagles are really sturdy and the Cardinals are really soft right now. But but who knows with this football? There's two trends that are happening right now with the Arizona Cardinals that are too prevalent to ignore. They can't win at home. And they're a terrible first quarter team. Yeah, oops. And until they reversed one of those things, the trend is the trend. Yeah. All right, this is going to be the first time that Cardinals tight end Zach Ertz faces his former team of eight and a half seasons, uh, won a Super Bowl with them. He played his entire NFL career with the Eagles before coming to the Cardinals last season. Here is Ertz talking about what kind of emotions he'll feel facing the Eagles. I don't think the emotion has hit me. You know, it's been a lot of just viewing them for the next opponent. Um, I got a lot of good relationships still back there. Um, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Fletch, BG. We played a lot of football together, eight-plus years together. Um, so when you're with people that long, it becomes more than just a football thing. It becomes more of a relationship, care about them and their family. Um, so from that perspective, it's going to be good to see those guys. Um, but on the field, it's going to be a, me versus their defense. It's not going to be Zach versus the Eagles. Um, and we just got to go out there and play a really good football game. 
All right, A.J. Green was limited the past two days with the knee issue. Rondale Moore uh, was limited yesterday, also with a knee issue. Hollywood Brown limited yesterday with a foot issue. Do you think Zach Ertz should be featured more in Sunday's game against his Ooh. old team? I think they've. I think they're in a good rhythm right now. I think he's really kind of. He's sort of morphing into the player I remember being just excellent in Philly, mm-hmm. and so I, I think. Killer. What's that? A killer. Yeah. yeah no, I, I think so. I so I think. I think whatever they've got him in right now, that's the role he needs to be in. So I, I don't know how you highlight him more because I think that he's being highlighted quite frequently. Yeah. yeah, I kind of like the way they're using Zach Ertz right now. Um, if it remains the same, I'd be okay with it. I don't think they necessarily need more. I think they need more uh, of other guys and, but, and, and more of the element of downfield passing. You know what they might need more of? They might need more of Trey McBride this weekend. Ah. So if, if you're going to buy into this idea that you need to be physical and you need to be nasty and you need to kind of get down in the trenches with that football team and fight, then you know, multiple tight end sets might be the way to to go mm-hmm. so and and physicality all that stuff they've they've just got to be able to bring that I, I think Zach Ertz and his role in the offense is morphing into a good place I think Hollywood Brown's role in this offense is kind of morphing into a good place um, so it's it's really just a matter of getting some some early rhythm like Vinny said the fact that they can't win at home and they can't start games well they got to solve those issues yeah yeah, we'll we'll look into it. Yeah, we'll see what we can do for week five or week six. Or week we, we got to just keep getting better. Yeah. All right. Finally, the MLB postseason begins today, people. We've got four wild card series. They're all best of three series now. No days off and no travel. So uh, it'll just run today through Sunday. And uh, we need you to pick a team. I know we often say on this show. Whoever whoever can take down the Dodgers or anyone but the Dodgers. Who are you guys rooting for? That's ex- oh, wow. This postseason, not picking your winner, but picking who you're rooting for. I should be clear. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. it's a that's a big difference. Yes, I, I want to re- I want to root for Paul Goldschmidt, but the, but the Cardinals fans are so insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, and they've won so much. Spoken like a true Chicagoan. Seattle's yeah, right. a good. Yes, you're right. Seattle's a good team to root for. Uh, like, see, but it's the Seattle. Oh, thing. the like, Seattle, the city. That, yeah. That's the thing. I want the Mariners. I'm like, yes, but last weekend, uh, everybody on social media was like, I'm so happy for the C- Seattle fans for breaking this drought. And I'm like, I'm not happy for them. <laughs> Suffer more, Seattle. Who cares? <laughs> Enjoy your three postseason games and go home. <laughs> um, Can't root for the Astros, can't root no, for the Dodgers, no, can't root no. for the Yankees. I kind of don't know about that Yankee thing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on. Weird. I'm on what? the Cardinals. I there's there's a lot of good stories there, and the Goldschmidt factor is strong. Yeah. Um, the Blue Jays. No. Does anybody care it's at all? About like, I mean, it's a likable team. The Cleveland team is a really likable team. Yeah, um, they weren't even supposed to be here. The Mets. The Mets. The and Mets. I, and I, and right. I've hated the Atlanta. I've never been an Atlanta Braves fan, but that that's another fun team to watch. Yeah, yeah, they, they won last good. year, the yeah. Braves. Yeah, the Mets wouldn't be a bad because of just all the all the pathos of being a Mets oh, fan. Oh, Mets fan <laughs> blood pressure right oh. now is through the roof. <laughs> they won 101 the games, but they're still playing the uh, wild cards. Uh, uh, uh. Have you all ever watched the show Girls 5 Eva on Peacock? I have not. It's a Tina Fey joint. It's hilarious. But whoever is like the lead writer, or at least for one of the characters, they take endless shots at the Mets throughout the show. Do it they? is not a sports show. How did it's I, very funny, though. How did I not know about 
the Tina Fey thing. You would absolutely, well, because it's on Peacock. You would absolutely <laughs> love the show, Vince. It's so funny. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Tina Fey fan. If you're looking for Mets jokes, all right. there you go. <laughs> well, there you go. You to pull yeah. some That's all you show. need is another yeah. TV yeah. show to watch, Vinny. That's all you I'm need. three episodes into Dahmer. I can't be disturbed yeah. yet. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta watch that darkness first. Good luck. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Uh, Rush Hour Reboot every morning. Sarah takes us through the big stories at 7.30. Coming up next, we'll get an inside look at the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll check in with John Marks from WIP Radio in Philly next. Pickley Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Football Friday with Pickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. That's Pickley and Murata Mornings here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Getting ready for Cardinals-Eagles Sunday at State Farm Stadium. The last undefeated team in the NFL coming to town. And here to give us a look at that undefeated team, the Philadelphia Eagles. From WIP Radio in Philadelphia, John Marks joins us here on uh, Pickley and Murata Mornings. John, how are you, man? What's up, guys? How are you? Good. Um, we've been talking a lot about the Eagles and, you know, 4-0. and it, it looks great in this age and season of parody right now. How good, in your mind, are the Philadelphia Eagles actually? Well, I mean, if you look at if you look at their four wins, um, and they've all but kind of been in different fashions. Uh, they beat the Lions in in what was a close game. Um, they beat the Vikings in what they probably made a closer game than what it should have been. The Commanders stink, and the Jags were actually uh, were pretty good last week. But you know, there was so much rain and everything else, and there was a lot of fumbling and things like that. But with all that being said, um, I, I I think the Eagles are real, and their roster is good. And to me, it always came down to what can Jalen Hurts be? Is he going to take that next step? Now, last year, the Eagles won some games. They won nine games. They went to the playoffs. I think Hurts was impressive, but they ran the ball a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Like most of the damage that Jalen Hurts did last year as a quarterback, he did with his legs. And it was a matter of can he do enough with his arm for the intangibles to matter, for the leadership to matter, for the legs to matter, for the athleticism to matter. And man, did he make a step this year in throwing the football. He has checked all the boxes that I was looking for. If it was up to me, guys, Russell Wilson would be here in Philadelphia, and that would have been a huge mistake based on what we saw so far from Denver. Lucky he didn't want to come here. Um, But it seemed like the Eagles were kind of iffy on Jalen Hurts, and they liked him, and they wanted him to be the guy. It just didn't seem like a lot of people thought he was the guy. He looks like he's the guy, and the Eagles look like a very strong contender after the first four weeks. The the people I talk to also say the thing about him is just his attitude and just how professional he he is about improving and what a great leader he is. Talk intangibles with Jalen Hurts from what you can tell. Yeah, I, I have a, a friend who covers the SEC. I uh, covered the SEC for a long time, and it was after I think the Monday night game against Minnesota. He texted me and said that he hears uh, he hears Nick Saban every time Jalen Hurts talks, and you really, really do. Uh, although he left Alabama and he went to Oklahoma because he wanted to play, he still very much is connected with Nick Saban. So when you talk about the intangibles, especially at the quarterback position, you don't want a guy that's going to get too hard, too far ahead of himself. You don't. Want a guy that, that's going to be reading the press clippings and being like, "Wow, I really am the I really am a great player." Right? He's grounded. He's a hard worker, and I think more than anything, and, and it would actually be what we talk about with Kyler Murray out in Arizona. What we say here is that Murray's like a you know great talent, great arm, but do guys really want to play with him? Is he really a true leader? And uh, I mean, you guys know better than I do, but it was certainly one of the things that I would be worried about if I was a Cardinal fan. And Hurts is the anti of that, right? Like he really 
really is. It, what we said in the offseason, what we said last year about Hertz was, if he can be a good enough quarterback throwing the football, the intangibles are going to, put up, are going to be what put him over the top to being a great player. But you've got to be able to play. You've got to be able to throw the football to make the intangibles matter. And he's thrown the ball really well this year. But as, from a leadership standpoint, from a maturity standpoint, he's still only 23 or 24 years yeah. old. Um, he's grounded. He's focused. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. When they're, they're winning these games and they're 4-0 right now, he's not satisfied because they haven't been perfect, great games, which is, which is key, which is key, especially from the quarterback position. So as long as he keeps throwing the ball the way that he's, be throwing, he, he's been throwing it, these intangibles are going to matter. John Marks, WIP Radio, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, uh, a guy that uh, Cardinal fans are obviously familiar with who's made a huge impact through four weeks on the Eagles' defense. Hassan Reddick had uh, two forced fumbles, uh, recovered a fumble last week, NFC Defensive Player of the Week in just his fourth game as an Eagle. How has Hassan uh, kind of uh, altered the, the Philadelphia defense so far, John? Yeah, as much as we want to talk about the quarterback and Jalen Hurts, and I'm, you know that, that's what we do. We talk quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, the Eagles' defense has really been the story, or the biggest story, or maybe the biggest reason why they are four and zero. And a big part of that is Hassan Reddick. When you look at the Eagles last year, they didn't have a great pass rush. Uh, their their best defensive players are, are older or on their last couple years or last year. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, um, and they desperately needed a pass rush, and that's what they've gotten from Hassan Reddick. Not only just the pass rush, last week he had two forced fumbles uh, in addition to his sacks. So, in, in the NFL, when you're looking at the defense, the most important players are edge rushers and cornerbacks, and the Eagles with Darius Slay and James Bradbury, and they got Bradbury after the Giants had to cut him because of a cost-cutting move. Um, and they added Reddick, and they have some other guys that they've added on one-year contracts, but Reddick has been probably their best natural pass rusher they've had in quite some time. If he can stay healthy and he can keep it up, as much as we talk about Jalen Hurts, this defense is really, really good, and it's one of the reasons why a lot of people are thinking the Eagles might be the team that gets the most wins in the NFC this year. Yeah, it's really a shame the Cardinals can't ever draft a guy like Hassan Reddick. Oh, wait, wait. Scratch that. And they take four years scratch, to figure yeah, out how to use Scratch him. that. Alright, let me ask you about the, the overconfidence issue, because you know I got some Philly friends, and they're feeling this team. Um, Jalen Hurts had to kind of gently chide the media the other day that, hey, you're not even asking us anything about the Cardinals. What, yeah. what about that? Tell me about the, what you think the mindset of this team is. Are, are they, are they uh, bulletproof to overlooking an opponent this early? Yeah, yeah. I, I hope the team's not acting like the fans, guys, because the fans right now are, are not nauseating, but we're getting there as far as how good we think this team is. We took a call yesterday. Uh, my, my co-host, Ike Reese, who's a former Eagle, um, former Falcon, former pro bowler, he had just said that by the end of the season, you know, when you're going to be facing Tampa and Green Bay and the playoffs veteran teams, that's something you should worry about. And the caller's like, what do you mean? They should be scared of us. What are you talking about, Ike? So fans are overconfident through four weeks. But the team, more importantly, uh, the Eagles haven't won in Arizona since 2001. They're 0 for their last six. So that's through different quarterbacks, different coaches, different rosters, different regimes, right? So there seems to be a reason why flying from Philly to Arizona is 
it, it, it's a problem, right? I mean, I remember I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and for whatever reason, the Phoenix Cardinals were never good, but they could always beat Buddy Ryan and Rich Kotite and those Eagles teams. Um, so there is a weird thing about going from Philadelphia to Arizona, and for whatever reason, you just you don't play well out there. Um, as far as the team being overconfident, here's what I, here's what I would say. Here, here's how I would say, here's how I see Arizona winning the game this week. The Eagles have been good, but when they've scored offensively, they've scored like like for a quarter, and then they haven't scored the rest of the game. If they do that again, and they give Kyler Murray a chance in the fourth quarter, for where Murray just goes and says, hey, listen, screw the offense. I'm just going to run around and make plays, and that's really where he's at his best. That's where the Eagles could really lose momentum, and that's where the Cardinals could pick up some late fourth quarter points, because the Eagles have left every team in the game this year. Minnesota was in the game. They didn't want to take advantage. The Jags were literally about to go in and score and take the lead, uh-huh. and Trevor Lawrence through an interception. So I don't know if the team knows they're overconfident. You don't know what you don't know. They're feeling good about themselves at 4-0. There's the weird Arizona thing. But they've left almost every team in the game here. And if they keep doing it and they do it on a road to a quarter to a quarterback like Kyler Murray, it could be trouble. Here's the good news for the Eagles and their fans, though, John, is uh, <laughs> it seems like the Cardinals haven't won in Arizona since 2001 either. They can't, <laughs> win, it, they can't right. win at home. We don't know, man. We, we do not know what that's all about. It, it's it's one of many sources of contention yeah. with this head coach and this regime. They just cannot get yeah. a level of intensity for these home games, and it's it's brutal. Don't be surprised if you see members of the Cardinals burning sage before the game. That something, would work. something. <laughs> uh, wh- well, at least Kingsbury didn't just sign a five-year contract. Yeah, at least we got that yeah. going for us. Right? <laughs> at least he's, isn't yeah. even dry yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one one last question before we let you go. We got to check in on our old boss Rod Lakin, who's now your boss. How is he yeah. acclimating to Philadelphia, John? Oh man, he's Mr. Philadelphia. Are you kidding me? He was up to he went to Penn State last weekend, which is like three hours from Philly. But he took the drive up in a hurricane and was drenched and soaked. Good. He's been to Phillies games. He's been the Eagles games. He went to Detroit for the uh, for the Eagles Detroit game up there. So wow, I don't know if his wife appreciates how much he's out and about, but yeah, oh man, he's Mr. Philadelphia. Has right he now. learned how to make Scrapple yet? Tell him, tell him to get back <laughs> no. to me when he makes Scrapple. I, I did I did use a word on the air that he didn't like, and it caused the company wide email and saying that he doesn't he will not allow uh, uh, behavior like that so ah. yeah, I've gotten one of those <laughs> <laughs> John great to talk See to you, you. thanks for uh, spending some time with us today we appreciate it alright guys later it's John Marks WIP Radio he joined us on the Arizona Sports Line Big Scott your blast to kick off the second half of this football Friday next typically Murata mornings 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station